Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Sports Radio 610 presents The Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Good morning. Welcome back to the second hour of the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show. All right, let's do this next segment with Captain Jeff Naylor and Captain Monty Carter. Good morning, gentlemen. We're back. Back in action. Back, back in, action. in action. You know, I sent you some pictures of my boat, you know, while I, while I got the chance. You know, I've, obviously I've, I've ripped that boat apart, and it's, it's like, you know, building everything fresh from new. And I'm kind of, uh, you know, I'm, I'm whistle bit here, getting really close to the to – the, uh, snapper season june 1st so i'm starting to outsource a bunch of stuff and uh you know what i i use this guy over in uh galveston really really good guy walker click with gulf coast fiberglass i don't have any affiliation with them or anything like that they have just done me a stellar job and i think every chance i get when folks do some really good work i'm gonna i'm gonna you know give them a little five high five and, and something on the yeah. radio but you know it's so hard to come by nowadays. Everybody wants to take your money. Nobody, you know, it seems you really got to search for some really good fiberglass folks. If anybody out there with some, you know, innovative mindset or anything like that, I mean, listen, fire, you know, boat building and, and repairs stuff like that, it's a huge business. Get in it. Treat your customers right. And i tell you what, you, I mean, the sky's the limit, you yeah. know. There's a lot of boats out there. But, yeah, Walter Glick, go there in Galveston with uh, Gulf Coast Fiberglass, man, did me a stellar job. And, uh, man, I was just super impressed with his whole little crew. Did but, you get uh, your tanks in? I did, yeah. I got Finally, I got my tanks in, got the got the two floor pieces in. Next week, the centerpiece goes in, all plumbed, uh, basically everything fresh and brand new. And then, uh, you know, next week we'll get the boat back and, and hopefully – start rigging it up and, and uh, all that good stuff. So yeah. we're a ways away. I'm not uh, – everybody keeps telling me. Monty told me this morning. He said, man, you're getting close. And I know. Yeah. Believe me. <laughs> I ain't sweating quite yet, but, boy, I, it's starting for it's starting to starting to come out, man. Yeah. But uh, we'll see how it plays out, man. You know, it's uh, such a huge job. I mean, I, I don't think people realize, you know, in, in – uh, boat building that you know let's just take for instance a ding you know you got a little ding in your boat yeah you go up there people are like what is that 50 bucks oh man it might take a guy two hours to color match yeah. you know the gel coat you know right it's just so much time and work that's involved in that you know just something simple and easy you think yeah, you know right. oh just still cutting one up like we have it's, oh, it's, it's you know major yeah you you realize real quickly that uh Man, I mean, what they say. Time-consuming too. Oh, very time-consuming. What they say in, in boat building, you know, if you uh, five hours sanding and one hour, you know, fiberglassing, that's about how it normally comes out, you know. But know my uh, boat's cut up. Yeah, you know, but you got that really cool Mako, man. And oh yeah. I, you know, I think once it gets done, I think you're really gonna appreciate what you oh, do. Well. You know. Um, yeah, those old Makos were good boats. I had one way back in the day in the 80s, you know, that I ran yeah. day trips out of. I had a 21. That, that was a Cadillac back then. That was a real rig. Yeah. When, when did you move to Hydrosport? Wasn't it Hydrosport that you moved to after that? Or? Yeah, let's see. I went, uh, 
good boat. I went yeah. Hydrosport in 87, 88, somewhere in there, and ran that 25 yeah. with, the, with the twins on it. That was a beast. That was a uh, – I didn't back down from anything inside the bay with that boat. I imagine. <laughs> if I was in Gallus and the wind was blowing 40, I can run back to Trinity Bay and never bat an eyelash. No wow. problema. That boat rode like a – it was it was, it was was a tank, man. It was so smooth. When, when did you – when did you switch to Kenner? Man, I think I went to uh, in 2002, 2003. And, uh, yeah. you know, that was my main guide bay boat. But, you know, I ran tournament boats too. You know, I ran tournament boats for Kenner for a while. And uh, then I went to Lake and Bay. Man, that's a, that was a real fine tournament boat. Man, I really loved my Lake and Bays. Had two of them. That, that boat we just fished on and down there and – Padre was a, a Haney. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that thing rode pretty dang good. It was, that first day we tried to go out, it was chopped up. Started getting a little wet. So, man, we got to turn around and run back into this. But anyway, we didn't make <laughs> it the first day. But <laughs> we, run, we probably ran five miles. And I'm well, thinking, Jesus, we, what, however far we run, we got to run back into it. But, we decided not to go, and he spun that thing around. It was very surprising when he got up on top how smooth it rode. And yeah. dry. Really. Mm -hmm. Fast. Yeah. That thing was fast. Oh, I imagine. We were running around about 15 miles an hour about everywhere we went. Wow. What would you, you know, I don't know if you got any affiliation, but what was your favorite boat out of all those that you rode? Day in and day out, best boat was that Hydrosport. Hydrosport, wow! Yeah, I would. I was. I don't know whether they make them like that anymore, but uh, that was a uh, twenty-five vector, uh, and it was uh, it was Kevlar. And yeah. uh, I can attest for how tough it was because I flipped it off the trailer during the Guides Cup one year. It's on that road <coughs> from Smith Point back to Anawak in a curve, and uh, that boat flipped four times side over side and ended up out through a barbed wire fence in a cow pasture. And three days, three days later, I had it back in the water running. There was no structural damage or anything to it. Unbelievable! Wow! So you had wow. a bay boat with twins? Yeah, twin two hundreds when I bought it, and then I ended up with twin two twenty fives when I sold it. Boy, you you were shaking and moving with that something. <laughs> yeah, it run about sixty, fully loaded. You know, with all my people in it and two hundred gallons of fuel. Wow. It'd wow. get it. There's still a lot of them boats around, too, I believe. I That's what I offshore fished with, and you know, after the the uh, 1993s, you know, when it killed yeah. all our fish in the bay, we all had to go offshore and start just running any kind of trip we could, tarpon, you know, king, ling, just whatever. Yeah, I looked at a few of them boats whenever I bought that Mako. There, there's still a lot of them around, and they're for sale. A lot of 33s out there now. They're a little more pricey, but a lot of 25, 26-footers. Yeah, a guy that bought mine, it's in North Carolina, and he tuna fishes out of it. He's still running that boat. Yeah, that's cool. Wow. I mean, that's a testament. You know, a, a lot of people uh, would argue that the the, uh, the resins back then, without, you know, as much EPA laws and stuff like that as they, they had, uh, actually, I was discussing that with uh, Walter yesterday a little bit about the uh, contenders, you know, the contender boats. They, you know what, almost the same situation. I've seen those things ran up on rocks. I've seen yeah. them beached. I've seen them flipped upside down. Yeah. And, you know, you put a little Band-Aid on them and kiss them and push them off in the water again. They yeah. keep going, you know, for another 100 years. But, you know, the attestment to those things, as I've ripped several apart already, is, uh, you know, they do a – they do a balsa core, and uh, they do a epoxy-infused balsa core on the inside, yeah. in between the outside layer and the inside layer. And uh, for whatever reason, however that structurally works out, man, I mean, God, you can't kill them. I mean. And a lot of them older boats, you know, they're, uh, they're so thick. Yeah. And, the, and they use so much resin, so much mat and weave and woven. Yeah. yeah. They're thick. They're yeah. heavy. They are. Yeah, it's, there's no doubt. Well made, but I think they probably a little bit better made back in the day. 
Yeah. It was all hand laid, or a lot of it was. Yeah. A lot of factory boats out there now. Yeah. A lot of them. Or they call them factory boats. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the price of them, I mean, shit. <laughs> I I will be working on used boats for a very long time. I guarantee you that. I just uh, I'm not the guy with a half a million dollars sitting around to go buy a yeah, thirty five foot boat. You know, the Freemans are up over a million dollars. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. So, Shoot. I mean, what what is Eric Simmons selling his boats for? I saw one yeah. post the other day for two hundred ten thousand or something. Yeah, like yeah that's that. a used one. That's a used one. <laughs> and it doesn't even have a four hundred R on it. It's just a four hundred Verado. They want two ten for that boat. Yeah. Is there ever in history that you you had that there was a boat model that everybody had to have so bad that they were willing to chop up crazy money to get? I mean, uh, boats are insane right now, yeah. and they're they're coming down a little bit. The price on boats is crazy. Yeah. Well, that the boat I, that when I bought that Hydrosport, everybody thought I was out of my mind, which I was for what Gads made back then, and I just had to have that boat because I mean, you know, I was running 250 days a year, and I needed something under me that you know I could depend on, and and I could run. I didn't have to trailer around everywhere if I wanted to put in a Trinity Bay and fish Campbell's Bay or go to East Bay or something. It was no big deal. I'd just take off. I mean, yeah. That, yeah. And uh, it, uh, I think back then I paid eighty-eight thousand dollars for that boat, and that was a world of money back then. Yeah. And it. Uh... <laughs> it's a world of money for me right now. <laughs> but you know what? Hey, Mickey, you know you're on to something. I mean, if you can put fifteen more charters in a year because you can go out and everybody else doesn't. I mean, oh, hey, I've, I figured I was gaining thirty. You know, thirty or so. Yeah. I mean, just point in any direction, and you know you can go. I mean, that's uh, yeah. Man, there's so much that. Yeah, you ain't kidding. I mean, it's something dependable. It's absolutely the truth. I mean, that you know, you know, I I stick to manufacturing because I know when I go out, I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna come back. You know, every every time without question, without fail. And, and uh, you know, yeah, I totally understand that. I mean, but you know, who finances? A two hundred and ten thousand dollar bay boat. I just don't. How do you? you I know, don't you can't know, man. Bank. I mean, even with excellent credit, it'd be hard for me as a banker to swallow a two hundred thousand dollar note. You know, risk it on somebody for a boat. You know, a bay boat. Yeah. I can see it. You know, for something <laughs> offshore stuff yeah. or something. But uh, I don't know. There's you're gonna see a lot of boats for sale with the way this economy is and everything. There's, well, they already are. I mean, every time yeah, I turn yeah. around, somebody's trying to get rid of a boat. They just can't afford it anymore. Yeah, the economy is definitely crazy right yeah. now. Well, that stimulus money, you know, only went so far during the COVID deal, and uh, yeah, everybody kind of overextended themselves somewhat. And yeah. uh, now, now the repo man's gonna be busy. Yeah. They just came out with the in Missouri County. They came out with the tax roll. Everybody's taxes doubled this year. I mean, it's I almost like it, it was just times two, you know, across the board yeah. or something. Same, times same three. way over in Chambers County, over my way. It is crazy. You know, and that that's yeah. tough. That's a tough follow. I mean, on top of everything, you know, that that's that's well, they, they're all learning. Hey, you know, people are stupid enough to vote for us. We'll just yeah. <laughs> We're gonna collect. They're collecting a lot. Or trying to. There's yeah. a lot of groups around here that's trying to fight them taxes. I'd hate to be sitting on a giant house right now and man, Ooh. that kind of tax base. Gee, many whiskers. Yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, honestly, though, you know, there. From what I've been told, well, you know what? I shouldn't speak on the galleys because I'm not a lawyer, but. Uh, <laughs> Supposedly, supposedly, there's only so much taxes that a, a county is allowed to accept. You know, I don't, I don't know how much truth there is to that. I've been told that by a very credible source, but you know, and with everybody doubling their taxes like they are, I mean, who's you'd be crazy enough to go fight it? I mean, you'd be, you'd be insane not to try. You know, we fought our taxes a couple times, and they didn't do nothing for that year. But they said, "Oh, well, next year they did." Yeah. yeah. What about well, now? <laughs> yeah, I'm right now. Tell those people in D.C. too. 
Um, you know. Yeah. All right, boys. I got to roll out of here. I got to move on to the next guy. Lynn Smith's waiting on me. So if uh, somebody wants to call y'all about doing some offshore charters this summer, how do they get a hold of you guys? Yeah, give us a call anytime at 979-417-1013 or go to the website at stsladventures.com. We got Mondays and Tuesdays opened up for money. So, man, y'all call us and, and uh, book us a trip. And uh, Casey will be back next week. I'm pretty sure. I talked to him yesterday. So, he said he's going to be back next week with some uh, some African safari stories. So Yeah, that guy's living a dream. He just he uh, is. living you a and dream. Him, you and him, y'all, y'all are famous yeah for so many reasons <laughs> all right gentlemen hey y'all have a good week catch them up fish on baby all right later all right well you know texan roofing they're the people i trust texan roofing covers houston and surrounding areas and texan roofing has free estimates on any roof leak repair or replacement and texan roofing has the better business bureau a plus rating with no complaints ever and they're certified to give the best leak-free warranties in the business. And Texan Roofing, they found that the majority of jobs they do, they offered the lower price and beat the competition's quality and warranty. And uh, with guys like that, Honest Roof Inspections, A-plus management, these are reasons to call Texan Roofing. And when you do, if you tell them you heard about it right here on the Outdoor Show, Tim and all his crew, They'll work with you directly and do an excellent job for you. Call Texan Roofing at 281-391-9600. That's 281-391-9600 or texanroofing.com. And when you do call them, please tell them Captain Mickey sent you. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents The Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show. All right. It is 522 here in the Bayou City. Let's go down to Port O'Connor now. Let's check in with Captain Lynn Smith. Good morning, Lynn. How you doing, bud? Good morning. Good morning, man. Was, oh, uh, we had a little blow yesterday, didn't we? Boy, that was uh, it's a little blustery. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, man. What'd they name that storm anyway? <laughs> well, I don't know. They should have had a name on it. Uh. <laughs> I'm telling you. Good grief. Well, I'll tell you what, we uh, we got like two inches of rain uh, uh, day day before. Uh, it was it was something at night. Well, and y'all night. got hit hard a few days before that, too, with that other front. We did. We I did. saw where there was like some 80-mile-an-hour winds down in Baffin. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Yeah. But we got uh, – we've had enough rain right now. Our ground is uh, saturated, so uh, – We've had enough. They can back off. <laughs> I guarantee you. So uh, uh, we're we're in good shape. I know I got a little water standing in my backyard. So my grounds had enough. My grass is greened up. So uh, I'm I'm in good shape. But uh, yeah, it's uh, yesterday they had the crawfish festival here in Port O'Connor, and <clears throat> boy, there was water standing, and people <clears throat> people were everywhere. Man. Excuse me. But uh, good grief, it was something else. Uh, there was tons of people. But um, anyway, um, I fished Friday, 
and uh, uh, the weather was pretty, and uh, it was pretty nice. But um, I'm uh, I've got good feelings about the trout situation. The the trout uh, are really showing up back in the back lakes, such as that, and uh, catching a lot of trout that are like you know sixteen to sixteen to seventeen. In that range, you know, 16 and 7 eighths, you know, that size. But uh, a lot of them are showing up. And uh, where last year, you know, we were catching really dinks, you know, really small trout. So these trout are growing up. They really are. I think the summer is going to be a good summer. I think we're yeah. going to have a real good summer. So um, it's it's um, it's looking good. I really It really is. I think this next week I'm going to I'm going to really look at some of the some of the areas that uh in the past I've done real well, you know, some of the reefs and such as that that uh, out in the middle of the bay that I've fished in the past and done well. I'm going to work some of these reefs and and um see see what's happening out here. But um and uh, some of the guts I've I've caught a lot of fish in the past. You know, after that last freeze, hard freeze we had it just changed everything in this bay system. It did. Yeah. I mean, it was incredible. The fish, the fish were like they were afraid to come back into the bay. It was an unbelievable. You know, I went to areas that, you know, normally you'd wade some of these uh, bars and such as that and fish some of the guts, and the fish just weren't there. They, they, it was like they were afraid to come back in there. I, well, I'm with you on that. Like that. I'm going through the same. Uh scenario up here a lot of uh we just have a lot of areas that are just dead that normally are fish havens and they just don't hold fish anymore it, it was amazing you know i i've never seen anything like it and i i worked over those areas like traditionally and i said oh man these fish have got to be here you know and i and the bait was there that's what got me mm-hmm. and uh there was bait there and and you'd work these bars and guts and nothing wouldn't catch the thing and I mean, I threw everything. I threw everything in my arsenal, you know. Lilies, I threw car keys, I threw plastic, I threw everything and nothing. I said, God, I'm just scratching my head, you know. It's hard to catch them when they ain't there, buddy. That's right. That's exactly right. <clears throat> but I think this summer is going to be a good summer. I really do. It's looking up. Well, I hope you're right. We we need an influx big time. You know, our resident we population do. just not near what they need to be, and and uh, it. Uh, I mean, it just it's hard to get blood from a turnip. That's true. Now, thank goodness the redfish. You know. Yeah, uh, redfish aren't there. hurting. Oh no, you, know, you can't hurt them with a hammer. You know, but uh, they they. They stood in there and, and uh, kept us going. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, we, we weighed some shorelines and see some good schools of reds coming down the shorelines. Mm-hmm. And uh, good tailing reds, good pods of reds. And, and that that fires you up. You know, that yes. does. There's nothing like a good pot of reds tailing to get your, get your heart going, <laughs> you know, get your blood flowing, I guarantee you. Yes, our and, trout fishing, we've just had to result to, like, just nook and cranny fishing, little confined mm-hmm. areas, especially where there's not a lot of traffic and it had, it's not on the beaten path of uh, trout spots. And uh, That's right. Just learning new stuff where these fish aren't even harassed at all, and they're just, you know, pods of fish, and if you take care of them and release them, you can go back there with your party the next day and, and catch them again and start oh, yeah. cleaning it out. And you know, <clears throat> Friday I couldn't believe it. I was I was uh, I was hunting some reds, and I, I went to two different areas that I was gonna uh, try to pick up some redfish. And on the way there, uh, n- never fails. I saw boats burning the shorelines. Mm-hmm. You know, it just it just kills me to see these people do that. Why not run out from the shoreline? And then shut down and ease in there to fish the shore. Well, that's the only way the they know are. how to look for fish. If they don't see them, they don't know how to find them. Exactly. They don't use exactly. their other skills, you know, locating uh, bait and nervous baits, right. slicks, mud balls, you know, stuff like that. Traditional look for fishing birds, ways. You know, everything. yeah. And uh, 
and they just run over the run over the habitat itself till they see them. And yeah, see and ruin it for everybody them, else. Yeah. Yeah. Scatter them. Oh, it just killed me. I mean, scatter them to the wind, man. Places. It's like buffalo hunting nowadays. I know. It. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it just killed me. Oh yeah. And I was telling my customers, I said, look at that. I mean, they're running right where they ought to be fishing. You know. Exactly. They're just. And and I wouldn't stop until I'd, I'd get past them. Once they stopped, I ran on past them, you know, because they're just ruining where they're running, you know. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, like jumping out behind somebody after they done stomped out of shoreline, mud trails everywhere, yep. and you're going to wade in behind them just same way with a the boat. They done, they, done, they done blown that shoreline <laughs> up doing that. Those fish are oh, absolutely. for a while. And a lot absolutely. of them will just roll out deep, and you're not going to get them then. That's right. There's nothing, nothing worse than that. <clears throat> the only thing worse than that is be waiting a shoreline, and I've had this happen to me so many times. I've been down on the shoreline and not see another boat, you know, and then here comes a boat burning the shoreline, and I'd go, look at this, guys, and this guy would come down the shoreline burning it and then go out around us and then get right back on the shoreline mm-hmm. and burn the shoreline, you know. I just, I couldn't believe it. Well, you know, I've seen unbelievable. two also cut between you and the bank. Instead of cutting out deep and circling you and then getting back on it, they'll just move That's in and, and run between you and the in the shoreline going, oh, my, oh goodness. my goodness. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It just kills me. Really does. Yeah. That's unbelievable. when you give them the old laughing, fickle finger of fate award. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll never forget. <laughs> I had some guys one day. The The wind was blowing 35 miles an hour, man. And we were, we were struggling, boy. And so I had these two guys. And, and uh, uh, one of them was an old, uh, he was a, a sniper in Vietnam. I'll never forget mm-hmm. this. And the guy was... He was a character boy. He was something else. And uh, so anyway, we were we were struggling trying to find fish. They were fishing off the boat, and and so uh, we were actually fishing uh, in the intercoastal just to get out of the wind. We were fishing some grass flats, and uh, so we were anchored up. And they were telling war stories and all this, and we were we were sitting there laughing and cutting up. And I looked up and I said, "Look at this guy." And this this guy was running right down the shoreline of the intercoastal. You know, we were casting up to these grass flats, and we were catching fish. We were catching trout and and some uh, actually some keeper reds too. And uh, and uh, here comes this guy running down that shoreline, burning the shoreline, in a small one of those little fifteen foot uh, shallow sports. And uh, I said he could run between us and the shoreline. And this guy said no, he he, he can't be doing this. I said yes he is. He watch. I said, we could actually cast into his boat. And uh, <laughs> this guy was running down the shoreline, and he had a he had a raised console on that boat. Well, he's standing up there real high, and uh, he had a guy with him. The guy was sitting, the, the passenger was sitting on the raised console, you know. And uh, he had his head down. You could tell he was embarrassed. <laughs> yeah. He didn't want to look up, you know. And we were waving our hats and and these customers of mine were waving their arms like, you know, go out around us, you know. You got the whole intercoastal behind us, you know. Well, this guy was just running, and boy, he was he didn't want to look at us, you know. And when he got even with us, he hollered, he said, uh, you're fishing in the intercoastal. And I looked at my customers, and I said, I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't, didn't realize that. You're kidding, right? I mean, this, guy, this is the intercoastal? <laughs> yeah, this is the intercoastal. I didn't realize that. I mean, this guy was unbelievable, you know? Oh, man. He had 100 yards of water behind us, but he had to run in six inches of water right in front of us. I mean, just burned it right in front of us. People Mud trail and all. Chop yeah. them up. Yep, chop them up, buddy. That's it. Let me knock this I break mean, out, Lynn. I'll be right back at you, buddy. Hang all on. Right. Well, I need to take a moment to tell everybody about the Belleville Meat Market located right in downtown Belleville. Go downtown, look for the big white sign. Their processing facility and their meat market are right next door to one another. And this week at the Belleville, they're double featuring green onion pecan smoked sausage and three cheeses pecan smoked sausage. 
That's a wild game favorite, and it's now available in their store. Try it before you buy it. Free samples are always available, and on special, they have center-cut pork chops, just two ninety nine a pound, and now serving homemade hot dogs and pulled pork in their barbecue section. And fresh ground beef daily, three fifty nine a pound when you buy it in bulk, ten pounds or more. Fresh fryers, dollar ninety nine a pound. And their wild game processing facility is making Vinny dogs and hog dogs. That's homemade hot dogs using your own venison or wild pigs. Bring something home from your hunt. The entire family can enjoy all year long. Celebrating over 41 years serving the greater Houston community, that's the Belleville Meat Market, for meat is our middle name. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Radio 610 presents The Outdoor Show. Yeah, that's my old. Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show, 539 here in the Bayou City. All right, let's go back and talk some more with Captain Lynn Smith. All right, Lynn, we're back, buddy. Yeah, um, yeah. Friday we had a big corporate trip, and uh, I had two young men on my boat that were uh, from Colorado, and uh, yeah. they were a pleasure to fish with. I, I really enjoyed them. They, um, you know, I, I enjoy fishing uh, guys like that from uh, from out of state because they're, they're eager to learn, you know. Uh, learn about the coast and the different uh-huh. fish that we catch compared to what they catch, you know. Right. And uh, we were catching those trout, and, and boy, they were oohing and aahing, you know, looking at those trout. And I said, oh, man, that's a, that's a good-sized trout. I said, yeah, you know, a trout that's close to 17 inches is a is a nice-sized trout. I said, this is a – this is a, I said, look at this fish here, and I was showing them the, the, those two teeth in the front of that trout, you know. And I said, yeah, that's the way they grab their, their prey and they hold them and all that. And I said, uh, this is a really good eating fish. I said, this is a, I'd rather eat a trout than a redfish any day, personally. Mm-hmm. And I said, boy, I, I said, these are really good, good eat, good table fare. And, uh, boy, they were oohing and on over that, you know. Yeah. But uh, anyway, uh, I, I enjoy fishing guys like that because they're eager to learn, you know. Yeah, they'd and, have really uh, passed out if you'd have put a six or seven pounder in the boat in front of them. Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely, <laughs> man. Yeah, you better know it. Oh, I used to looking at you know streams up there, rainbows and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Exactly, because you know well, they stock those lakes. They stock those lakes up there, and every fish is the same size. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, in those lakes, you you fish those lakes, and I've, I've I did it for years up there, and every rainbow would be the same size. Every one, but. Uh, but yeah, if, if we'd have caught a big, big trout, boy, they'd have gone crazy, <laughs> really. But uh, but anyway, they were a lot of fun to fish, and we had a we had a good time. But uh, but it was a big group. Heck, we had twelve boats on that party. Goodness. Yeah, twelve boats, and some of the boats went to the jetties and caught big bulls, you know. Right. And, uh, released them, you know, thirty, thirty-six, thirty-eight-inch bulls, and let them go. But, um, and that's good. I had some guys uh, last year, and uh, they told them, and we had a group like that, and I had these two guys on my boat, and I told them, I said, look, I said, uh, uh, y'all want to catch some bulls, we can go catch them, but I said, let's uh, let's release them. I said, come on, guys, these are the these are egg layers, and I said, uh, these are the future, you know. I said, oh, yeah, yeah, we don't want to keep them, but let's just go feel the tug. I said, okay. So uh, I ran out there. And it was a big school of reds, and man, the birds were working them, you know. And those reds would come to the surface and just explode the water like jackfish, you know. 
And uh, I said, well, there they are. And we, I'd run over there and I said, all right, and I cast in there. Boy, and they'd cast in there. Both of them would hook up. And uh, they both caught a red 42 inches. Goodness. Each one of them caught a 42-inch red. The tug is the and drug. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> Took their picture, let them go, and I said, all right, y'all had enough. Now let's go catch some keepers. <laughs> let's get out yeah. of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had uh, I had a guy and his uh, son-in-law one time. We were coming back from down toward Greens, and we'd been waiting down there throwing top orders, and, and uh, we were coming back, and, and uh, we were almost to the jetties. And it was this big school of jacks, and uh, they were—you could see them. The jackfish were. There was just a big school of jacks. It was dark in the water; they were mm-hmm. right on the surface, and uh, they were blowing that water up. And, and this uh, son-in-law said, "What's that?" And I said, "Those are jackfish. They're jack Cravel. I said, "You ever caught one?" He went, "No." And his son, his father-in-law, looked at me. <laughs> I used to work with this guy years ago in engineering, right. and uh, he said, "Go for it, man. Go for it." So I shut down and I idled over there toward that school, and that son-in-law said, uh, "Well, they hit a top water." I said, "Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, take yes it away they from will." You. Yes, sir. So he he got up on the front of the boat and he was throwing a, I think he was throwing a top dog or a she dog, and he got up there and he he fired that top dog into the, that school of jackfish, and they <laughs> fought over it, man. They fought over it, and about a thirty-pounder grabbed it, boy. And oh, I mean, boy. he fought that. He fought that fish. That fish didn't even know he was hooked, you know. He was swimming with the school. And uh, so anyway, he finally landed it, and I tailed him, and I, I picked him up, and I uh, got got the hook out of his mouth, and I, I let him stand up and I took a picture of him with that fish and and uh, let that fish go, ease it over the side and let him go. And I said, you want to catch another one? He said, no, uh-uh, no, I, I've had enough. Had enough. <laughs> <laughs> I said, okay, now we can go. But uh, it wore that boy out. He'd had enough yeah. of that. Yeah, That's especially when we're not, not used to catching things like that. Yeah, that usually wears them out. Do y'all, uh, yep. do y'all get those bull reds? Do they move in and roam y'all's bays like they're doing to our bays up here? Uh, well, ours are never well. leaving. They're not even, they just stay in the bay year round. I mean, y'all have any of that going on? Not much of that, no. Now, I have seen them uh, up on the shoreline sometime on that west shoreline, uh, north shoreline. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did see, I have seen a school of them up there once, once or twice, but uh, not often. I don't see them up there like that. Oh, we you got, know, I was we got herds of them just living in our you know, upper really? bays, and they're even in our marsh in the back of Trinity hmm. up in the bayous and stuff. People up there catfishing or just melting everything down on them. You know, it's crazy. Really? Yeah. It's nuts. I, I really don't see that, but... Uh, I've been around a long time, you know, and it. Uh, I remember, you know, somebody catch one about 32, 33 inches going, man, that, that fish lost. But now they're just prevalent, and, and they're not even that small anymore. They, all these fish are 36 to 42s. I mean, just yeah. goodness gracious. Well, y'all got a lot of deep water up there, though. See. Yeah, but, you know, we always have, but we never had this problem till here the last few years. Huh. It's like they uh, they just reestablished. Mm-hmm. I, guess they're, I guess they're spawning when they're in the bays like that. Instead of having to go to the passes, I, I don't know. Huh. I have no explanation for it. Man. Well, I I was wading the shoreline up here toward uh, Port Lavaca one day, and uh, I was just wading the guts, you know, looking for trout, really. And uh, I saw a school of fish coming down the, one of the guts, and I cast in front of them, and I stuck this fish, and, and – uh, he came up on the surface and just shook his head, and I saw how big he was, and I went, oh, my goodness, what have I done, you know? And it was a big bull, and it was a whole school of, of big bulls is what it yeah. was. And um, it was about a 40-inch bull. And um, and I, I'd thrown a car key out there, and I went, oh, man, I just oh. want my car key back. What have not I done, good. you know? No, it almost fooled me two or three times. and uh, But I finally caught him, and, and I had to just – 
hug him, you know. I couldn't grab him. I had to hug him to get to get my car key out of his mouth, you know. But um, but that was a whole school of bulls, and they were headed north. Is where they were headed. Mm. So they were headed up toward Port Lavaca. <clears throat> but uh, but no, I I haven't really run into a whole lot of them like that. I did. I have seen a, a big school of of reds uh, migrating out. You know, uh, in yeah. the fall. Yeah, and that's I have, common. I, that's real common. And so yours aren't that. doing that. I mean, they're 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 up on my end twelve months out of the year. I mean, always. Man, that's amazing. They're just yeah. not leaving. Mm, that's amazing. Yeah, it is. No, it's pretty nuts. Yeah. Now we do see them here. There's the reds. Of course, they're close to the jetties. But they're in that deep water. They're in, you know, 35, 40 feet of water. And they come to the surface chasing the bait, you know. And uh, they're coming through and they're just exploding that bait like jackfish. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, when they come to the surface, I mean, the birds are working on them. It's just going nuts. And uh, you know, some of the fly fishermen are getting in there with it, too. And, and uh, I mean, it's just crazy. And uh, everybody's getting in on that action. And it lasts all morning, you know, like that. Everybody's just out there drifting with the current, waiting on them to come to the surface. And when they come to the surface, it's game on, man. Everybody runs over there and they cast into them. And, uh, but there's jackfish in there with them, you know. I mean, you might hook a jack or you might hook a 40-inch redfish. You know, that's, that's the way it goes. But, uh, but it's crazy. And once you hook them, man, you're just, <laughs> you're just with them. And a lot of them are just going with the with the current and uh, with, the, with the school. And uh, I was uh, I had these guys hooked up. Both those guys were hooked up. And I, I told them I said, look at my uh, look at my depth finder, and you could see the whole school on that depth finder, you know. And it was just a massive school from the surface to the to the bottom, you know. It's just huge school of fish. I said, oh my goodness, it was awesome. A lot of fish uh, in there. <clears throat> you know, but we get them like that. One thing I didn't know, a red drum can live to be 60 years old. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Man, oh, man. You know, well, I've caught... Mature, you know, mature female of, of lay about a million and a half eggs. Oof. Man, oh, man. They, uh, That's why... I think a red drum's eggs will incubate in about 24 hours. Oh, really? Yeah. And man, adults man. are saying here they mature by three to five years of age, and their approximate l- length at maturity, males are 28 inches and females are 33 inches. So they reach that in three to five years, 33 inches. Mm, mm. Takes a trout a lot longer. I caught a tagman one day and, and a Parks and Wildlife tag. And so I took it over here to the Parks and Wildlife because they – you know, they keep a record when they tag them. And uh, I said, uh, what's the story on this one? And uh, the head guy over there, he looked up in his book, and he said uh, that, that that red had been tagged a year and a half prior to me catching him, and he was tagged exactly where they had, where I caught him, exactly where I caught him. He had not moved. And uh, well, like the guy, like the biologist said, he said, well, as long as they've got bait, they're not going to leave. They stay right there, right? But he had that's what's happening, happening in the bays. Or there's there's so much abundance of shad and mullet, you know, in the bays that uh, these fish mm-hmm. never have to leave. They just stay. No, that's it. Stay where the food is, food source, and the water quality. You know. Well, that's it. Well, you think about the store tournament. Same thing there. They're releasing all these tagged reds for the star. Well, uh, think about this too. Uh, they always release at least one where people can catch it that don't have a boat. Right. And and uh, and that's the case too. You think about that. Uh, people that don't have a boat have a real good chance of catching a a, a tagged red. So I tell people I, a lot of these guys that, that book me and and uh, you know during the star I go guys are y'all entered in the star and I go no what's the star I go man. <laughs> You're taking a big chance here because I'm going to take you to some areas that 
uh, they might have released a, a tagged red in some of these areas. There's a real popular areas where the redfish are. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you catch a tagged red, you're gonna you might lose a truck, boat, motor, and trailer. Yeah, it's and true. There was a there was a guy here in Port O'Connor that uh, he caught one. He caught a tagged red and and wasn't entered. And about a year and a half or two years later, he caught another one and wasn't entered. So he lost two trucks, boat, motors, and trailers. Well, I'm not gonna say what I'm thinking. <laughs> well, what are the odds of that, though? I mean, what are the odds? Very you know? slim. That, uh, Very slim. And I, I guess if he enters now, he'll never, ever catch one. That's right. He That's used right. his luck up twice. I mean, I've never had a, a customer that caught one, or I've never caught one. Uh, I'm, I've, I've caught, caught one personally, which didn't do me any good. I had to throw it back. And uh, then yeah. I had one customer in my boat catch one. And everybody in the boat was in the star but him. And I'm not going to mention yeah. his name. <laughs> no, no. Well, you know, he I've just caught tagged at that and red. Go, oh, my goodness. You're kidding yeah. me, right? I've caught tagged reds and I've caught tagged trout, but they were all parks and wildlife tags. Right. You know? Yeah, tagging program fish. Right. But, uh, boy, what are the odds of him catching two? I know. CCA tagged. Mm. That, that's Ooh. pretty pretty good yeah really what do you think the uh the largest red drum red drum on uh records record ways oh my goodness i saw that a while back i can't remember what it was 94 pounds oh my goodness that was caught in 1984 on hatteras island mm, mm. that's a beast that is a beast isn't it boy how'd you like to hang that on a trout rod wade fishing I don't oh, think so. Oh, my goodness. Oh, you done. <laughs> he'd take your rod with him. Yeah. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. Man, oh, man. You would know what you had. I'm telling you. Oh, howdy. That's crazy. No, that'd be a bruiser there. Yeah, that'd be a bruiser. I saw two big old reds coming down the surf one day. I was waiting on the first bar, and I looked. Looked back toward the sand in that first gut, and I saw two big monster redfish easing down that first gut. Mm. And uh, and I I threw at them, and, and drug. Them. I was throwing plastic, and I threw it right in front of those reds, and they just turned their nose up at it, and they they wouldn't hit it. And I said, "Well, man, I threw back in there and drug it right in front of them, and they still wouldn't hit it." And finally, I just threw over there and drug it over one of them's back and just foul hooked him, you know. <laughs> and, and then the fight was on, boy, and he just he just took off and, you know, took that plastic away from me. But that red was well over 40 inches, you know, he was closer to 50. <laughs> yeah. But so they were monsters, yeah. There's some, there's some big ones out there, I'll tell you. That's yep. something that red can live up to 60 years, and a trout, a long time for a trout is 10 years. Yeah, I believe that. Yep, they got a lot of predators after them, too. Man. Yeah, they do, including uh, the kind with two legs and a rod in their hand. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Of course, those sharks like them, too, though. And the, Por- and the porpoise. Porpoise, sharks, hey. It's uh, man. It's not good being in the food chain like that. No, it isn't. That's why you know last last summer we were catching a lot of undersized trout, and uh, I mean really you know, fourteen inch trout, you know, and uh, I mean we we'd catch those fourteen inch trout one after another, and I just leave them. I just you know just let's get out of here. Let's let's stop catching. Let's just leave them because you catch them. And uh, the porpoise would be right behind you like dogs. They'd follow the boat. And uh, you're catching those undersized trout. As soon as you release them, the porpoise were on them, you know. And they're eating them like crazy. Yeah. So um, all you're doing is feeding those porpoise. So you're not, you're not doing the trout any good. I mean, you know as well as I do, that, that's crazy. If you're wading and catching those undersized fish, those porpoise are all around you, and they're they're eating every trout you release. It's unbelievable. 
Right. And I'll tell you what, those porpoise, you don't, some people don't realize how big they are. But you get a big porpoise around you. If he just makes one kick, he can break your leg. You yeah, know? he can. Dislocate oh. your knee. That uh, that tail kick would be, that'd be tough to swallow there, buddy. Oh, man. I had a customer one day waiting with us, and and uh, we had porpoise around us, and we were catching trout, and this, par- this, this customer was scared to death of sharks. He was absolutely <laughs> terrified of sharks. And I said, uh, no, that's a porpoise, man. He said, I, I don't like this. I don't like it. I said, it's a porpoise. Come on, man. It's all right. As long as that porpoise is around you, the sharks won't be here. He said, yeah, but I don't like it. <laughs> he was scared, man. Because that porpoise, <laughs> I bet that porpoise would get within six or seven feet of you. You know, he just, as soon as you release the trout, he has it. Oh, yeah. You know, he, yeah, he was like a dog, man. So wow. I said, if you, if you have, if you catch a small trout, throw it away from you real far. All right, Lynn. I got a roll, my friend. If somebody wants to call you about coming down to Port O'Connor and hooking up with you, how they get a hold of you, bud? Yeah, man, they can reach me at uh, 361-935-6833. All right. Well, I appreciate it, Lynn. Enjoyed talking to you. I'll talk to you next week, my friend. All right, man. Hope, See you, bud. Hope so. We'll All right, later. All right, man. All right. All right, it's time for our top-of-the-hour break. You're listening to The Outdoor Show here at Sports Radio 610. We'll be right back. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.